0: Hello. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to TechFest Talks, a podcast by students for students. My name is Arushi Rastogi. I'm 18 years old and I'm interested in learning, especially STEM subjects. Today, I'll be talking with Dr. Kwasi Zaman, who is an Urban Design Coordinator from the Robert Gordon's University for TechFest Talks' brand new series, the Blueprint Challenge Series, which is supported by Blue Water Private Equity. Hello, Dr. Kwasi. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself to our listeners before we get started?
1: Good afternoon, Arvishi. Thank you for having me in your breakfast talks. I'm an architect and urban designer and have taught architecture courses since 1992 in various universities in Asia, America, and in Scotland at Robert Gordon University since 2008. I love teaching and have worked with the community to regenerate their places.
0: Thank you. So, a lot of people have heard about architecture and the role of architects before, but the term urban design is less common. So, what exactly is urban design and the role of an urban designer?
1: Yes, Arushi, you're right. Urban design as a profession and a discipline is very um, young compared to architecture. But, genuinely speaking, urban design as an application has been in history since before the birth of Christ. Suppose you see European cities built in the early AD or before BC, in that case you can find beautiful Roman and Greek cities that show all the visible techniques and principles of space, form, and articulation of buildings. These are the strategies that we call urban design. Therefore, urban design has always been there with the civilization. We witnessed this as a profession and discipline in the 60s, but using the definition already established in the historical cities, we have been developing more and more in designing town and cities streets and spaces you have to remember that it is a collaborative and multidisciplinary area where urban designers work with number of professionals to shape the physical setting of a city for people to live work and play which is the art of making places the places is very important because the places where life grows urban designer directs the best solutions for urban form and density of buildings, groups of buildings, spaces, and landscapes. Urban Designers works with architects, planners, government officials, and legislators and tries to establish spatial frameworks and procedures that will deliver successful urban form and architecture by different people over time.
0: That sounds very interesting. So, as we all know, climate change is a major topic across all fields and professions, with each industry finding different ways to reduce the impact of the problem, and there is a strong push to reduce carbon emissions. So what are the latest architectural innovations that can help a space emit low carbon emissions?
1: I would start with um, the first kind of information that need net zero carbon buildings which has another name called passive house this is a commitment which is central aim of every country to combat the carbon emission or reduce the carbon footprint therefore the first aim of architecture is the reduction first approach to decarbonization to reach the target of reducing 50 percent of the emissions from 2030 and tackling building life cycle emissions. Obviously, there are many approaches such as the using artificial intelligence, which is called AI, to optimize building space and reduce carbon. Using um, algorithm to translate the data into specific recommendations related to space occupancy, energy consumptions, carbon usage, and air quality. As a result, it focuses on space target by continuously monitoring its building's performance. It would be best if you remembered that buildings generate almost 40% of the global carbon dioxide emissions. Therefore, the ability to fine-tune a building's management system in real time to reduce energy consumption is a feature all buildings should have. The second initiative, which is called Modular, Zero Carbon Home Design, is a modular house-in-a-box made from upcycled and locally-available materials. It includes rainwater harvesting, solar power generation, passive cooling, and a food garden. Third initiative is New Computer Platform, which helps architects estimate carbon emissions for planned buildings such as calculating the whole life carbon emission of a planned building, while the whole life carbon emissions refer to the carbon dioxide emitted during the entire lifespan of a building. Architects can then see how changes to plants and materials affect the carbon footprint. It also targets minimum waste reduction during design and also construction and the post-construction. The fourth initiative is a very interesting addition to the energy efficiency, which is called the paint made from cement. You have to understand that cement produces enormous amounts of carbon emissions. However, studies show that cement absorbs around 43% of this carbon through the material carbonization or carbonation process over its lifetime, so paint made from cement is an emerging um, cladded option. The fifth is the use of wood. Wood frame building uses hempcrete instead of concrete for the walls, which uses less embodied energy. Cross laminated timber. Adds stability to buildings and reduces waste. Hydrogen-powered cement production to reduce carbon emissions. So there are many, many initiatives, and there will be more and more initiatives in the future.
0: Yeah. So you've mentioned lots of different methods that architecture can be used to reduce carbon emissions. So linking with that, what design factors would you take into consideration when planning a future high street to make it have as low carbon emissions as possible?
1: I think this is the most important question that Aberdeen is trying to solve um the the challenge that uh, Aberdeen high street is facing at the moment the high street needs a very very creative solution um you have to remember the high street is the heart of any city due to its historical background historical footprint attraction for cafes and shops but it also poses challenges when roads are connected to high streets by vehicles which are not always environmental friendly the best way to design or to regenerate high street is to follow certain tools or planning applications For example, using energy hierarchy in transportation like private, public, pedestrian, the transition between private to public and pedestrian, and that can lessen the carbon footprint in the high street and also allow people to move around comfortably, safely, and enjoy the high street. Also, there is a micro, small, and large-scale renewables which can be embedded in the high street regeneration walking cycling wheeling and public transport should be introduced instead of private vehicles new and remodeled 20-minute neighborhoods application is very very popular it can actually help high street to create inclusive high street mixed uses and home working can actually be embedded in the land use restructuring parking standards and ev which is the electrical vehicle charging station, biodiversity, or some of the initiative can actually make High Street more creative, inclusive, and interesting for um, any residents living in the city or shire to come and enjoy High Street. And we need to start very, very soon.
0: That sounds so cool. I love the idea of a 20-minute neighbourhood. It's the first time I'm hearing about it. So recently, 3D printing has become very popular across various disciplines due to its additive manufacturing process. Do you think 3D printing technologies have a place in urban design?
1: This is a very technical um, area that uh, is interfaced with how we um, design, how we plan. I think it is a very, very creative uh, area to explore. Although the 3D entered urban design and plan planning very recently, the application for 3D technology in planning are multiplying and diversifying, such as cutting costs and completing projects with greater efficiency. For example, Amsterdam will soon have a 3D printed footbridge made by robots. And it's very interesting for you to understand that how robot is making easier to kind of construct within a very shorter time economically and in perfection. In addition, as part of urban design, mass housing can be produced faster and helping solve the homelessness crisis, which is recorded as 2% of the world's population is homeless and further 20% lack adequate housing. Assisting planners with accurately capturing the dimensions of physical objects such as um, the the 3D laser scanning and transferring it to design and production of urban artifacts such as urban furniture, um, lighting and everything that matters to the urban uh, corridor, urban center. It can be accurately, cost-effectively and just-in-time production. Uh, For example, specific example, I can give you that in 2016, the Office of the Future in the first fully functional inhabited 3D printed building was unveiled in Dubai using construction 3D printing, which is acronym as C3DP, aims to extend it also to the construction industry and urban design and development.
0: And how would using a 3D printing technology impact the carbon emissions of a high street if you were to make one with 3D printing technologies?
1: This is, again, an interesting uh, question. And it's an interesting and creative uh, area to explore. Um, 3D printing can actually add to three major areas. For example, sustainability can be enhanced by 3D printing and it can combine renewable resources such as sand, recyclable and cause less harm to the environment. So building material for high street can be pre-designed, pre-constructed, pre-fabricated using sustainable criteria. Also, it has a lower margin of error. The majority of the work is completed by machine, which lowers the risk of human error resulting in waste and reduction the loss of embodied energy so embodied energy is the cost of production it is the accumulated cost of many many factors so the last kind of a point that i can mention that it can actually lower the cost by printing house which can be 20% cheaper than it would have been if traditional methods were used as technology progresses it is estimated that this figure could increase up to 60% efficiency and cost cut. Then cost can be diverted to other renewable energy technology. So this is an area which is very, very um, helpful for you know, construction industry.
0: So 3D printing has a lot of potential. Now, there has been a lot of research about the positive impacts of nature and green spaces on humans, with results showing less anxiety and increased sociability. So, how do you make a high street, which, as you said, is a place that many people visit, more green through architecture?
1: When a historical high street lacks greeneries, it is a question of how to infill green. New research indicates that the top 150 UK retailers have 20% more storage space than they need and can afford. Because of this, shoppers are making fewer visits to our high streets because they need to justify bigger space, lesser opportunity, lesser shopping. So you may ask why and what is now attracting people to go out to our high streets and visit our retailers compared to online shopping. Greenery as a term is a part of the healthy city healthy streets agenda so healthy streets help get people outdoors and down the high street with a renewed interest of shopping at the same time experiencing the nature additionally reducing cars by having more pedestrianized areas reduces noise and pollution by discouraging or restricting access to non-essential vehicles. Once the roads are pedestrianised, there is more opportunity for greenery. Also using green walls, green seating areas on empty parking lot can make an attractive place for people to hang around longer than they normally does. And also the green trees, green um, Uh, the material use of urban furniture, sustainable furniture, can actually make more attractive high street.
0: So are there any places around the world that have already started incorporating nature into their urban design?
1: Yes, a lot of places and uh, we can see the urban design is making big changes to the city. Uh, We call it biophilic city, which is a marriage between built environment, which is very hard between uh, nature. So the marriage between built environment and nature can actually make more biophilic city. I think the Singapore Flower Dome is an innovative way with the largest greenhouse in the world. And there is a rotating display of flowers and plants. Gardens by the Bay, which is another feature. Uh, which has two cold conservatories, Flower Dome and Cloud Forest. The super trees at the Super Tree Grove, the Heritage Garden, the World of Plants and the Dragonfly and Kingfisher Lakes are some of the innovative initiative of urban design intervention. Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust has proposed a new vision of empty uh, Broadmarsh Shopping Centre which is around six acres of the development in the city, doing nothing to the city. So the proposal is to convert into urban oasis of wetland, woodland, and wildflower. So wildflower can actually attract bees and other insects and make more connection to the nature. So there are um, other uh, examples, like in China, Queen Lee National Urban Wetland in Ireland developed the all Ireland Pollinator Plan. Under the 2015 to 20 biodiversity action plan to help pollinate more in the urban areas, Australia has caught on to the biophilic city movement called greening high-rise Building. and some of the high-rises have been transformed or retrofitted to use more green options. Cities venture into wilderness, or cities dare wilderness project. In Hanover, Frankfurt and Dessau in Germany have agreed to set aside plots in the cities such as the sites of former buildings, parks, vacant lots where nature will be allowed to take over. You may heard about the High Line Garden uh, used abandoned train lines to turn into parks which connect many neighborhoods. With parks, closed, nature had begun to reclaim spaces during COVID. After spending weeks indoors, Barcelona citizens were eager to experience more character in the city by seeing more green growing through the seepage of bricks and cracks and concrete. And it is quite alarming to see that how we suppress those greens under the concrete and then the city is now working to create 49000 square meters of green street and 783000 of green open spaces Furthermore, beehives and sinks uh, insect hotels have been dispensed and added to the throughout the whole city and 200 bird and bat nesting towers to encourage more diversity in the city you have to remember the city is not for only human being cities are for other animals insects and why we cannot actually invite them you know to grow in alongside so that that's the biophilic approach to greening city Wow
0: there are so many places to look into and research into to get inspiration from generally speaking urban growth correlates to economic development. So how exactly can growing an urban space increase the economy of an area?
1: The, the relationship between urbanization and development is very vital. And it's part of the policy concern. The, there is no simple linear relationship between urbanization and economic growth or city size and productivity. Uh, the potential of urbanization to promote growth is likely to depend on how conducive the infrastructure and institutional settings are. Removing urban-rural uh, barrier mobility barriers may enable economic growth, but the benefits will be much more significant with supportive policies, markets, and infrastructure investment Urbanization should contribute to the growth, poverty reduction, environmental sustainability, rather than encouraging urbanization per se.
0: You spoke about many different health and climate benefits of using nature in urban design, but a lot of people need uh, more bigger incentives, such as money. So are there any economical benefits to incorporating nature into urban spaces, aside from the different ones that you mentioned earlier?
1: I agree with you. Um, Yes, greening needs new jobs and skills. And the creation of job market is very vital in, in in the sense of economic benefits. The green industry is made up of green roof construction, sustainable landscaping, waste reduction services, arborists, garden center, lawn care services, and many, many more which can attract many jobs and create many jobs in the city. Other benefits are human health and well-being, creating cohesive community, thriving economics by increasing livelihood and environment. In addition, higher property value, more breathing space, health and well-being can reduce the number of sicknesses and reduce the cost of NHS by increasing productivity and reducing elderly dementia and heart diseases, so there are many implications of having green and sustainable approach to the city regeneration and city design.
0: Nature has positive effects all around then. So what aspects of a good high street design can contribute to a sustainable economy, both in terms of economic stability and climate change?
1: A good high street uh, needs to be done by adaptive strategies. By slowly slowly making changes to respond to the economic and climate changes, it should not be a static master plan. It has to be flexible enough to accommodate changes. High street urban planning design should respond to the dynamic nature of the market economy and the emerging climate responsiveness. It is also about investing in the city creatively, encouraging all community sectors and professionals to remake the high street, including artists, architects, musicians, students like you, politicians, counselor, retail experts, all should collectively give a combined thoughts of regenerating city center and high street. There is a term called retail therapy. And retail therapy is a very established theory of how people can actually gain mental health benefit by going to the shopping. And it needs to be factored into the retail redesign. Easy pedestrian access and connectivity, various shops responding to the community aspiration and interest, with new generations asking for new typology of shops where they can actually go meet people, hang around with internet, connecting to other communities while having coffee. And it's a new kind of approach to retail design. Creative spaces for children to bring their parents. It's a synergy of for all to enjoy, participate in the city. It's kind of a village cafe which is missing in Aberdeen. And and stop-and-go context of slowing slowing down pedestrians for enjoyment, inclusiveness. It's a simple design approach, such as spaces for singers, spectators, cafe culture, plenty of seating areas, recreating abandoned shops and spaces into creative and pleasant rooms to stay and enjoy. We don't need a bigger investment, chunky development like Union Square. We need a crafting strategy where we inject uh, and retrofit smaller intervention to bring life into the city.
0: That's a very inspirational view. So for our final question, what is urban farming and how can it impact the economic stability of a city?
1: Yes, it's a it's a very good good question and it is becoming an uh, area which the um, community loves and the planners find it challenging to recreate uh, areas for uh, urban agriculture, which is also called urban farming. Um, there is a connection between urban agriculture and socioeconomic advantages, and this cannot be underestimated. This involves keeping a steady supply of food, reducing the urban heat island effect, energy efficiency, air quality, climate change, quality of life in residential neighborhoods, social isolation, and preventing crime because it attracts participation in maintaining urban agriculture. And it's a 24 seven city, which needs to be uh, thought at the master planning and regeneration planning. Some aspects of urban agriculture, needs new thoughts of townscape and cityscape urban agriculture has the room for vacant lands within the city or opportunity for vacant lands to convert into agriculture pocket and uh, to turn into pockets of community garden balconies walls rooftops and streets Visibly, in many developed and developing countries, such as Cuba, United Kingdom, Australia, Switzerland, are trying hard to kind of inject green and uh, kind of agriculture back into the city, which we have pushed away from the city. It is related to urban ecology and social and economic gain by growing your own food culture and decreasing dependency on foods that comes from Thousands of miles away, and which is kind of uh relate to the environmental footprint by bringing food from somewhere in the Latin America It's good for the economy of Latin America, but I think it it is costed factored into the cost which is called the environmental footprint cost. It's enlarged by days it's enlarging the the territory of the food production. The economy can be seen as an environmental and social improvement. So this is because it has the high social and environmental return on investment by recreating greenery, agriculture into the neighborhood and the cities. It is a culture that grows from the community garden, not only the food, it is the community interactions and self-run small food production and can bring uh, social capital into the city.
0: Wow, we've covered so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Kwasi, for an insightful interview. And thanks, everyone, for listening.
1: Thank you very much for having me in the talk. And I hope uh, this the listener can actually learn some of the things which exist in the world and how we can actually benefit from those information. Thank you very much.
0: Tune in again for more episodes from Tech Talks. Bye for now.